The scripture uh, reading this evening, we're covering a, a few number of books in the Bible, uh, and we begin with Genesis chapter 3. This is uh, right in the middle of uh, sin entering into the world, Genesis 3, verses 6 to 7. And uh, three things here uh, happen. Genesis 3, 6, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. And then uh, skipping to 1 John. Uh, 1 John, it's, uh, there's another, uh, shall we call it, another trinity of sin. Uh, 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 to 17. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes, and the boasting of what he has and does comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God lives forever. And then finally, a, a familiar passage uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. The previous two passages that I read talked about the pattern of this world. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Questions we ask ourselves every day. Now, to be honest with you, uh, the, the idea for this message came as I was thinking about Timothy Christian High School and chapel. And a few ideas came to me for chapel, and I, I wrote these down. And uh, then I thought, well, I should put this into a sermon. We'll see what comes of it. And uh, uh, maybe I'll rework this into a chapel at, at, at Timothy. But uh, this, uh, this evening kind of forced me to, to think a little deeper with my my initial ideas about questions that we ask ourselves every day. Uh, we all ask ourselves questions every day, and, and many of them are not consciously, but subconsciously. And I would like us to think about three questions. And it deals with the inside, the outside, and the social side. It's kind of catchy, isn't it? The inside, the outside, and the social side. Put another way, it deals with our desires, our image, and our relationships. And I think every day, all of us, or almost all of us in, our, in, in this room, will ask three questions that relate to our desires and our image and our relationships. 
Uh, so first, the inside, our desires. And what question is it? It is simply, how do I feel? Don't we think about that? How am I feeling today? Uh, of course, not necessarily a bad question. Uh, this can be a good question. It is good to be aware of what's going on inside of us. It's good to be aware of our feelings, isn't it? And uh, it's also very good to be aware of how our feelings affect us. This is actually rather important. However, this can also not be a good question if it is the main driver in our life in a particular day. So it's not a good question if this is the most important thing for us in any given day. It is not a good question if the answer to this simply defines the entire quality of our day. So, uh, it is fine, of course, I feel tired. This is good, I will take a nap. How many people took a nap this afternoon? I did, with, with the dog. I talked about the dog this morning. Uh, so I feel tired, or I, you know, I, I feel tired, I need a cup of coffee. This is fine, this is good. Or, you know what, I'm feeling frustrated right now, and uh, I am, so I, I need to calm down, or I need to talk about this with someone. But this is good. Uh, but there are ways in which it is not good. A person who simply is in a bad mood until they get their way, because they don't feel good, they're going to just ruin it for everyone else until they feel good. Um, if we're uncomfortable or upset and uh, we just want to make it known to every person in our life that we are upset. A number of years ago, I was, uh, I was in London with Timothy Christian students on an international trip, and there was one girl, oh my, she was cranky. So cranky that our London tour guide, he noticed it. He was like, you are in London. This is wonderful. And why, why do you look this way? Now, I got to know her over the trip, and I knew why. And it's, it's sad, sad. Uh, she hadn't checked Facebook. And she was, she was cranky and would not be happy until she checked Facebook that day. So anyway, I kind of observed this, you know. So we did this little tour thing. Then we had free time, okay, do a little shopping. You know what she did? She beelined it to the Apple store where they have computers and free Wi-Fi, okay. She checked, checked Facebook. And then when we regathered as a group, oh, she was all happy again. But made our group miserable until she did this. So I always think of that as an example, like, oh, brother, not, not good. So, how do I feel? Here is the question I believe God wants us to ask when it comes to our desires. The most important question is not, how do I feel? But it is, how can I do God's will today? Or, do I have a heart for the Lord? A heart for the Lord. 
This is a question of desire. And, uh, well, how do I feel? This is fine. But do we, is this part of our heartbeat on a daily basis? How is God leading me to do his will? Do I have true heart for the Lord? We prayed the Lord's Prayer tonight. One of the hardest lines, quite frankly, to live in that prayer is, Thy will be done. Jesus said this also in uh, Matthew 6, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Desire to be used to do work in God's kingdom. Desire righteousness more than other things in life. The other things are fine, but really desire righteousness. And so this question is a challenge to me. What do I desire in life? What is, what is most important? And to seek first his kingdom. Is this our heartbeat? So that is the inside, our desires. Second is the outside, that is, my image. And the question here is, how do I look? How do I look? Now, this is a, this is a, a good question, of course. Um, it is important for us to take care of ourselves. It's important for us to, to look good for other people. Um, it is important for us to spend a little time every day just getting ourselves ready for the day. This is a part of human life. This is good. Um, I don't think I need to give many examples for this, right? We, we, know, we know that. Uh, but what's not fine about this question? How do I look? Well, when we begin to compare ourselves with others, how do I look compared to that person? Do I look better than that person? I don't look as good as, as that person. This is not a good question when we become consumed with our appearance or our identity is linked with our image and how we look and how we come across. Uh, there are some that spend so much time on their appearance and yet secretly hate themselves. It is a sad thing. Uh, there are uh, some that uh, want to come across a certain way even though inside they're not that way. I remember this uh, girl at uh, Timothy maybe use many examples. She graduated long, long time ago. But uh, I just remember having her in class, and she was, she was a very attract, naturally attractive girl. And just every day, she seemed to be checking her appearance before class. Just, it, she just seemed more than other, more than others, consumed with how she was looking and her makeup and everything. And her whole life. She was also the only girl I ever saw put on deodorant right before class started. That was kind of odd. But anyway, uh, I just thought she needs to be content, simply content with the way that she is. So how do I look? What is a better question? 
that? What's a more important question? How am I called to surrender? How is God calling me to be humble and to sacrifice for him? Luke 9, 23, then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. So in terms of our, our image, our outside, the burning question should not be, how do I look? It should be, how is God calling me to surrender to Jesus? How do I look? before God. And God says in his word that the greatest in my kingdom are, are the least, are the humble. And so when I, we clothe ourselves with humility, this is, this is the way we, we look good in this world. So in terms of our, our outside and our image, the question, how is God calling me to, to surrender and to be humble? A much better question simply than just, how do I look? And then uh, last, the social side, uh, my relationships. Uh, we ask, how do I fit in? How do I fit in? Uh, interestingly, uh, I mentioned uh, Time Magazine this morning. Time Magazine had a fairly long article on boys. Uh, I guess they thought, you know, oh, they're writing so much about girls and we need to be more uh, empathetic and compassionate and, you know, this. Well, they wrote this, this long article about boys. And, and boys, uh, in terms of fitting in in social groups, lot, they're different. Amen, than girls. Uh, one, I'll just tell you one thing, the, the fitting in. Uh, throughout elementary school, middle school, and high school, uh, girls' position can, can change, can be in flux. Uh, relationships change. Uh, who influences who changes. It's very much change. Uh, guys, not so much. Uh, guys can change a little bit, but they say even starting in middle school, guys will kind of get their places in social groups, and it can just stay the same right through, right through high school. And uh, there are certain uh, places that guys fit in to the, in this case, for instance, the high school male social structure. And it, and it was interesting. I, I kind of agree with uh, what, they, what they came up with. Um, however, all of us, whatever stage of life we're at, we have relationships. Uh, we fit in in different ways, in different relationships. How do I fit in? Well, this is a, this is a good question. Um, in terms of friendliness, how do I fit in? And in terms of communicating with other people, how do I fit in? Is, it's a good question. Uh, but it can become not a good question when we don't feel comfortable being ourselves. And this kind of relates to the previous one, when we have to change or have a certain image to, to fit in with certain groups of people. 
uh, it cannot be good when we focus on making ourselves uh, look better than others in certain social situations. Uh, sometimes there are people that will manipulate others in a social situation, or there will be people that will lower their moral standards in order to get people to like them or fit in in a, in a certain social situation. What does God want us to ask? What's a more important question? It is, how is God calling me to serve others? How is God calling me to be a blessing to other people? John 13. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. So in conclusion, uh, one set of questions focuses on self. How I feel, how I look, how I fit in. The other set of questions calls us, calls us to focus on, on God first. Do I have a heart for God's kingdom? How is God calling me to be humble? How can I serve other people? And I believe that if we are concerned about those questions first, then the other ones, how I feel, how I fit in, those will take care of themselves. They're a good question, but they'll take care of themselves if we put God's agenda and those questions first in our lives. I'd like uh, to leave you this morning with uh, a person in the Bible who I, I think uh, really lived out uh, these questions well in his life. Uh, it is John the Baptist. And so I'm reading from Mark. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. You know, John the Baptist, his life didn't feel very good. He didn't live in a nice place. It was, it was the wilderness. I, I imagine his clothing was a little scratchy. Uh, his food as enough to survive. I suppose honey, I, I could do with honey, I could not do with the bugs. And his message was not a happy message. And yet John the Baptist was right in the place that God called him to be. 
and his message had an effect. His message had God's power. I think kind of the reason why is because he was asking the right questions. And so God used him. May that be true for, for our lives and for the path that God has called each one of us to walk.